Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Michael Sparks, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith in unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you from Steel City, BC. This is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and when Spider-Man shoots a sticky substance all over someone, he's amazing. But when I do it, I'm a pervert. <laughs> Joining me as usual is the team with whose superpower is 2020 hindsight. It's fairly useless, and I see that now. <laughs> Even her pet lizard is Jewish. It's a shalamander. <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> and she got kicked out of the casino. It seems she totally misunderstood the crab stable. <laughs> Christine. I was looking for a very different kind of crab. <laughs> and she followed her dream. Now she's naked at Walmart. Kristen. <laughs> I've been through some shit, guys. <laughs> Ladies, welcome back. Good to be here. So today we'll be having uh, we'll be talking to Trevor Pullman and uh, of the uh, uh, Believe It or Not. So that's going to be a very interesting show, mm-hmm. and that's going to be in the second half of the show. But first, let's do our usual chit chat. Well, guys, let me tell you, he's back, Mad Mike Hughes. Remember him? Yes. <laughs> he was the uh, guy who basically launched himself into a steam-powered rocket last year. Remember him? Oh yeah. yeah. And he launched himself at 1,875 feet um, to prove that the Earth is flat. Well, now he's back. Oh, I read something about that a couple weeks ago that he was on his way back. He wants to do another rocket launch. He wants to go to 5,000 feet, which is uh, 1,500 meters. Nobody's sedated him so far, huh? He's still going to go through with this? Yeah, if he wants to, why not? Have fun. Actually, it's supposed to happen today. Today? Oh, wow. Yes, as we we say this. Um, He says, quote, I don't believe in science. Uh, There's no difference between science and science fiction. (laughs) And how is he... Calculating the distance he's going to fly himself? Oh, God knows. He's probably uh, using entrails uh, from a chicken that he sacrificed. Um, By the way, in case you were wondering, the edge of space is uh, kind of located at 327,000 feet, which is 100,000 meters. So he's still very, very far from the edge of space. Yes. So hopefully he doesn't kill himself, and we'll have to keep an eye on. On that note, Mad Mike Hughes. You think the? I think it was probably just before this. Apparently, it's no longer to justify that the Earth is flat or to prove that the Earth is flat. He's oh. now doing it as a stuntman because of Trump. Because of Trump. Because of Trump. That's now why he's doing it. I'm not following here. What? How? How does that follow? I don't know. Like, Never make, said make he America made sense. Make America great again. Launch myself into the air. That's Pretty much. Wow. 
<laughs> and he had to delay it because of a faulty uh what was it a faulty heater oh god well i'm pretty sure donald trump would be happy to sponsor him <laughs> he likes oh to i'm waste, sure he likes to waste money on stupidities okay um did you guys hear this story about this um in you know yellowstone park mm-hmm. yes you know, has, i think has, i've been has, there yeah, yeah you know they have lots of tourists yeah. and uh many people come and see the wildlife well, you know, this is from the face palm file. Uh, imagine being so full of yourself that as a tourist, you write down on a comment card, quote, we never saw any bears. That's a good thing. Please train your bears to be where guests can see them. Oh, my gosh. This was an expensive trip not to get to see bears. <laughs> this is uh. an actual complaint card from wow. a tourist. If you want to see bears, go to a zoo. <laughs> Very good. Oh yeah, you can what, see bears. What do they think bears are doing? Or bring binoculars. Standing at the side of the road with their thumb out? Okay. They're waving. <laughs> like food, please? Like they will kill you. Well, you know, like like uh, maybe I should suggest to this person if you really want to see bears up close, I suggest cover yourself in bacon grease <laughs> and go wander into the wilderness. Yeah, you that will see a 100% really see close encounter and have your camera well, ready. You'll see something. <laughs> you'll, yeah. I mean, these are people that were obviously raised on Yogi Bear and that's what they that's what they think. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, man. It's incredible that people can be that obtuse. Also, <laughs> bears aren't known for heading toward the large group of people making ridiculous amounts of noise. Yeah. No. The ones that do are the problem. Yeah, very <laughs> true. That we created as human beings. Well, you know, this prompted our researchers here at Left of the Valley to look for some other complaint cards. And this is what we found. So this is from the ignorant tourist complaints. So, ladies, please take it away. The beach was wonderful and the water adequately wet. However, the rhythm of the waves seemed irregular and kept destroying my sandcastle. Please adjust. <laughs> the Amazon was magnificent. But we can can we please do something about the noise, especially those howler monkeys? I've got sensitive ears. <laughs> Never seen so much sand in my life. And what's with the temperature? Tone it down and get more tourists. And what's with that Sahara name? (laughs) (laughs) I was enjoying Queensland's rivers when I was rudely snapped at by one of your crocodiles. Felt like they really tried to eat me. Not recommending Australia to any of my friends. (laughs) (laughs) The Percy of Meteor Shower was not as advertised. Only a few meteorites every minute, and why so late in the night? I've got an early meeting tomorrow. One star rating. (laughs) (laughs) Those Mayan pyramids are a sight to behold. But can't we move them a little closer to the hotel? Why set them up so far? (laughs) Do you have anyone in another color? Like... (laughs) Very unhappy. I was promised ice in Greenland, and all I can find is melting away. You should refreeze all, and while you're at it, rena- rename the place Iceland, or at least Melting Land. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's sad. Oh, or Fun America. Co- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of America, fun country, but not as great as advertised. Too many guns and weirdos in power. Too churchy and preachy. Please pre- press reset and reboot your otherwise fine American country. Two stars and stripes. Oh my god. 
Thank you, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Tourists. This is why aliens don't visit us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, my dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us? I do. And this is sort of a delayed top ten. Okay. Because two weeks ago... Um, was was it International Cat Week? Mm-hmm. That, that, okay. Yes. And, and I would have done this on last Saturday, but we had Dr. Ben come That's and right. tell us tell us what's cool. So this week we're going to do ten amazing facts about cats and a <gasps> bonus. Yay! Okay. And believe it or not, I've waited all this time to actually tell one of my favorite Jewish jokes. Really? Absolutely. Well, I gotta get comfortable for this. Here we go. Who has four legs and chases cats? Old people? Mrs. Cats and her lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's a groaner, but it's just... (laughs) People sit around who are Jewish and they laugh at these jokes. And it just brings back such nostalgia. You guys, you're, you're goyim. You're never going to make it. You're never going to make it in my group. Okay, but somebody out there is laughing. You're on my team, kiddo, whoever you are. Okay, here we go with the real cats and not Mrs. Cats and her lawyer. But it was fun to say. All right, here we go. These amazing facts show just how cool cats really are. Number one. Oh, actually... Well, I don't know whether this is 10 or number one. Who cares? We're going to go right there. Yes, 10 okay. A cat's meow. This is really interesting. A cat's meow is used to communicate with humans, not other cats. Yeah. yeah. That's did right. you know that? Oh, yes, yeah. I did. Feral, cats don't meow each Feral cats stop meowing when they're not kittens anymore. Yeah. yeah. Our cats only meow at us. Not yeah. at each other. Yeah. yeah, kittens use vocalizations to communicate with their mothers, but adult cats mm-hmm. don't. They've, they've lost it. So they're really talking to us, regardless of how aloof we think they are. They're communicating. Yeah, they're like, hey, stupid kitten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are big, dumb cats. Okay, number two. Cats have more bones in their bodies than people. I didn't know that. I, I, I can know believe that. that. Probably why they're so flexible. Yeah. They're flexible. Cats have 230 bones in their bodies, and humans have 206. Well, mm-hmm. you know, if you count a tail, you know, I think that counts for mm-hmm. a lot of the bones right there, right? Yeah, but you're right, Christina. Cats um, have more bones in their spine and their tail yeah. to give them extra flexibility. And the ability to pull off that arch, mm-hmm. yeah, which is which is great looking. Um, cats have a third eyelid. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, the inner eyelid of a cat is called. Here we go, ruining this poor word. Palipara tertia. Okay. It's a place in a, a role in eye health by removing debris and mm. distributing more moisture. So and it and it works. It's also thought to protect the cat's eye from tall grass. So when the cat's rolling its eyes at you, it's like like yeah. really rolling. Yeah, into exactly. A couple of uh, number four, cats don't have a sweet tooth. They no. they can't taste um, anything that is sweet. They, oh, so they can't be tempted by sugar. Hmm. Oh, depressing. That's they lack that gene to taste sweet. Hmm. Yeah, and that's caused they uh, that unlike carbohydrates. Uh, um, they um, they are carnivores, so they really didn't yeah. need anything sweet mm-hmm. in, in their evolutionary <clears throat> life. So Interesting. There we go. Number five, a cat's purr could be healing, and it, 
could be healing to them. Okay. You know, not necessarily to us, but it can be healing it's to soothing us. Soothing to people. It is very soothing. Yeah. And some frequencies, the frequency range has been shown to promote healing, even to uh, help bone dens- in density in, in them. And purring also may be a source of self-healing for cats that spend a large percentage of the day at rest. So, there, there has been documented um, cases of cats, you know, like being in horrible accidents, you know, like burn and, and stuff like that, and they're in obvious pain. And when, when the, the person would pick them up, the cat is, is purring. So it's like people are wondering, are you, are you purring because you're happy I'm picking you up, or are you purring maybe and, because you're self-healing? In a way? Yeah, a little bit of like the self, self-healing, self-soothing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly. Yeah. Cats are far-sighted. Um, it seems that sometimes when you think the cat doesn't see the treat that's right in front of her nose, you're right. They have excellent night vision and can see far off objects very clearly, but they have difficulty focusing on objects huh. right in front of them. I didn't know that. Yeah, you'd think with chasing mice and trying to catch them that they would be, you know, super focused on that. Interesting. Maybe that's why the bird freaks them out so much when she dive bombs them. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, and they also have a blind spot right in front of their noses, but whiskers and a sense of smell balances that out. I didn't know that either. Mm. Makes sense, though. Yeah. Um, Number seven, every cat's nose pad is unique like a fingerprint. Really? Yeah, so if you want to make sure you've got like six white cats or six black cats and be able to tell them apart, you can know, yeah, (laughs) you can, you know, put a little marker on them. (laughs) Their noses are just so boopable. (laughs) (laughs) Number eight, cats can come can become addicted to tuna. Well, I that. <laughs> how is that? How is that news? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's on the list, so I said it. Cats tuna, get out of here! Yeah. No. But interesting, the tuna junkies can end up suffering from malnutrition because it's really not a good steady diet. It's better as a treat if you do it. Um, number nine, cats groom themselves for over a third of the time they're awake. And they're not awake I'll believe that. Yeah. Some, some vets think it's even higher. But the grooming has a lot of health and evolutionary mm-hmm. benefits. So. Number ten, a house cat could outrun a hundred meter world record holder, Usain Bolt. Yep. That's interesting. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that they had. They can run about 30 miles an hour, and Usain Bolt runs 27 miles per hour. Well, They're pretty fast. They're pretty fast. They are fast. Yeah. Like, I've got one cat, Oliver. He'd probably go pretty good. Yeah. He's a pretty muscular boy. Cats, yeah. are, cats are pretty fascinating. I mean, uh, I remember seeing that, that statistic saying, like, uh, uh, lions, for example, which of course part of the cat family, can mm-hmm. cover like ninety meters in under four seconds. Mm. This is this is incredibly fast. <laughs> it's you're, like, you're not running that thing. No, but you <laughs> look at members of the cat family, like cougars and mm-hmm. pumas and things like that. And man, they can go like crazy. So that's part of mm-hmm. being in that cat family. I've always been fascinated myself with the cheetahs. A cheetah, yeah, because the cheetah is really not just built for speed. They are the fastest, aren't they? They are. The they are. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing how their spine actually stretches and propels them forward, and yeah. they yeah. they also are one of the only cats that doesn't have retractable claws. They cannot retract their claws. Oh, I didn't know like that. Like a lot of the other cats, they're so gorgeous to yes. watch in motion. You ever heard one of them too? They don't actually like roar or anything like that. They kind of like they have almost like this bird screech, you know? Kind of yeah, like I think cheetahs can't really roar. No, can they, they don't. They don't. But. They're like very different. Are from they all the one other of the cats. big cats that can purr? 
Or no, all the oh, big That's houses. a good question. I don't know. Because I know there's some, I think it's the roaring is exchanged for something else. So here's the bonus question, because this was put to me um, by the crew here. And so we'll answer that question. And I'm sure a lot of you listeners have um, asked the same question and never gotten the answer. And the question is, why do cats stare at ghosts? So... <laughs> If anybody that's familiar with cats, uh, they know that they have a particular ability to sense things and wonder whether or not it could be even the paranormal because you watch a cat and they sometimes stare at some seemingly random point in space. It's pretty freaky to watch. Pretty freaky. So when cats appear, here's the, going into the answer, when cats appear to be staring into space, they may actually be detecting subtle motion as their vision is so much more acute than ours. Uh, a 2014 study suggests that both cats and dogs see some spectrums of light that we don't, like ultraviolet. But the reason dogs don't seem to go quite as nuts, for apparently nothing at all, can be explained by the national, the na- natural personalities of cats. Cats, unlike dogs or other animals, are more curious by nature, which could explain their sometimes erratic behavior. Compared to human eyes, cats have actually six to eight times as many light sensing rods, which means they can see much more in very low light. Um, and cats have remarkable capabilities, and they and most people realize that their senses are world stronger than their own. So there's been quite a, quite a bit of, of research. Um, sometimes the, the, they are um, capable of hearing and seeing things that we can't, because their brains work in ways that we still don't even understand, despite the research. When a cat is watching something that doesn't seem to be there, or if they call out to us about the perceived presence, we should respect that not only are they trying to figure this something out, but they're wondering if the situation is safe. Hmm. So there's a explanation. Interesting. I kind of like the paranormal one staring at ghosts rather than the research, but <laughs> I used to, I used so to think be that. it. We're factual here. Yeah, I used, yes. to, I used to think that. So you kind of seen something that you know wasn't there. At the time when I used to be a bit of a believer. I think only one of the three cats I've caught doing this. Oliver? Yep. <laughs> He's the youngest of the three. Yo, yo, there's also a, fa- a nice little fact about cats is uh, they are proportionally six times stronger than the average human proportional to their weight. Mm-hmm. So if cats could literally be bigger and they would actually kill you, yes. No matter how much you think your cat loves you, yeah, that cat, that cat would kill you. Well, they they're bigger cousins, sure can. Well, yeah, exactly. They're bigger cousins, can I mean, and will. Yeah. <laughs> Between the three cats and the two dogs, that's like an extra fifty pounds. So if they all de- if they all decided to gang up on us, <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> Gonna get a call one of these days. We're being attacked. So now. For all of you dog lovers who are upset that we've spent all this time on cats, tune in next week. Yay! (laughs) Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Nancy, for this. My dear Kirsten, you're back. I am. You have a chance to give us another brilliant moment? I do. Nice and short and sweet today. Ooh, okay. Uh, Do you guys remember that cathedral in England, that built that mini golf course in yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, now it's not the only one that's done something. Another is following suit with a giant spiral slide circling a tower, a.k.a. a helter-skelter. <laughs> this time, the Norwich Cathedral has installed a 55-foot-tall ride 
so that visitors can enjoy a better view of the building's high roof. Sure, that's why. The Reverend Canon Andy Bryant added, We have one of the greatest collections of medieval roof bosses anywhere in Northern Europe. The trouble is, they are so high up that most people never get a chance to really appreciate them. And so was born the idea, could we get people up higher to these roof bosses and so appreciate that they are exquisite art as they are the most beautiful pieces of stone carving, but also the story that's captured within them, which is the story of the Bible. Uh, It also costs two euros for the slide. Okay, time for a prediction. Who here predicts that within the next 10 years, there's going to be a roller coaster and a preacher on the roller coaster preaching, preaching a sermon as the thing is dipping down and people going, oh God, oh God, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. I, you know what? Maybe that's the way the church is heading because, you know, frankly, just sitting your bum in a pew is <laughs> just not cutting it anymore. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was it. That was it. That was it. <laughs> so- I it's guess, always good. Always the, good. I guess the church needs to find ways to attract people because they are just hemorrhaging. Believers are just leaving the church in droves, especially the young ones. So what else are you going to do? You're going to try to try to make it fun, at least. And how fun can Jesus be? Mm, I got about twelve answers, but I don't think <laughs> I better. I think I think we'll leave that to everybody's imagination. You got to give them something, though. You got to give them the fact that they are getting creative. Right? Yeah, they are. Right here in Maple Ridge, next town over, okay, uh, I remember going, you guys know, you know where the bypass is in Maple Ridge there? As you yes. get back up to Lowheed? That church on the corner there? You ever they, They've set up like a, a little fake village that's based on the um, that Disney Pixar movie Cars that the kids oh. really like? You know, the cars with the big eyes and everything? Yes. But if you look at the village, inside the, the fake wood slash cardboard village there are Jesus messages all over the place oh my god oh. yeah so the kids are going in there thinking it's like a village from cars and you know this, the setup of the movie Pixar but then it says Jesus saves and oh. Jesus loves you here Ooh. and blah 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 it is subtle but it's there huh. if you don't know it right on that note of cars while I was on my trip uh I, outside of like a repair shop there were two tow trucks that were done up to look like Mater <laughs> two I'm just like oh my god you've got to be kidding me and I saw one somewhere else too that was a car that was done up to like cars it's amazing how we recognize these vehicles they become kind of iconic in a way right I remember seeing a picture that was a a, a gas station and it was the uh, Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters at a, a one pump, and right behind it was the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh. you know shit's going down. Yeah, yeah, shit's going down in that town, for sure. If, if the Impala shows up, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, my dear Kirsten. I appreciate that. That was great. So let's take a quick pause, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Trevor Pullman about a belief it or not. So that's going to be interesting. So mm-hmm. stay with us. What's up, heathens? I'm the Godless Engineer, and it would be great if you could join me on my YouTube channel. Over there, we post videos every day. On Mondays, we normally post a response video of some kind. Tuesdays, we post our daily Bible podcast that I record with KC. Wednesdays, we read comments. Thursdays and Fridays is conspiracy theory and flat earth stuff. 
And we have a new segment that runs Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays that is Today I Learned from KC. Hi, y'all. So please join us over on the YouTube channel, Godless Engineer, where we always stand up and use our voice. Attention fellow atheist podcast listeners. We are the Godless Heathens Podcast. Here's the details with no fine print. We got new episodes available every other Sunday. Sunday! 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 There's three of us. Just like the Holy Trinity. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. Coming to you from a spare bedroom in exurban Atlanta. Where we'll examine the crossroads of politics and religion, but from the secular perspective. Sometimes we get heavy, sometimes we get deep. And no one is above reproach or mockery, especially each other. It's more of what you want and less of what you don't. So open your hearts and minds to the godless heathens in your podcast rotation. And you just might learn something too. Testament, which in Genesis is an account of nature. That's that's what that is. And I said to you, give me your description of the natural world based only on this. You would say the world was created in six days, and that stars are just little points of light, much lesser than the sun. And in fact, they can fall out of the sky, right? Because that's what happens during Revelation. So to even write that means you don't know what those things are. You have no concept of what the actual universe is. So everybody who tried to make proclamations about the physical universe based on Bible passages got the wrong answer. All right, well, your next guest is Trevor Pullman. He is uh, the uh, podcaster from a show called Believe It or Not. He's a snappy dresser and snazzy dancer. Trevor, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and you are a fellow Canadian out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. The center of the universe, man. Oh, I never yeah. thought we'd be so honored. I just found out there's other places. Dude, really? <laughs> <laughs> How muggy is it in Toronto right now? It must be like horrible. It, yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah. 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 Years, well, I, years ago, you should live in uh, Milton, uh, right, uh, uh, right by uh, Georgetown there. Yeah, and yep. uh, I remember like uh, the summertime, you just everybody's got air conditioning, right? And you would just step out of the house and you would hit this wall, <laughs> and you would just like <gasps> look for your breath there. All of a sudden, it's like Ugh, it was horrible. <laughs> that was me when I flew in Wednesday night. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like extremes, Toronto's the place to go. Yes, absolutely. it really is. Trevor, uh, maybe you'd be so kind to give us a quick bio as to who Trevor Pullman is. Sure. Yeah, uh, Trevor Pullman. Uh, I'm a. Uh, I guess I'm a podcaster. Mm-hmm. I I'm a playwright, a comedian. Sometimes I uh, grew up in Ontario, a small town, in a very Christian family. I w- went to Bible college. I was a youth pastor for a while, Ooh. and yeah, and now I'm a atheist podcaster. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you're a comedian. So you, you, I really appreciate that you're laughing at some of our corny jokes because your, <laughs> joke, your jokes are probably way better than ours. <laughs> no, I'm the dad joke king. So there we go. <laughs> Love the men already. Perfect. We get along great, you and I. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so maybe let's let's go back into your uh, your, your your childhood and uh, mm-hmm. you growing up. You grew up as as a Christian. Yeah. Uh, was there a particular denomination you came you come out of? Yeah. Well, the church I grew up in was a church called the Standard Church. It's Standard a church. very small denomination. Yeah. 
um, out of the holiness movement. Uh, so basically upstate New York and uh, southern Ontario are the only places, and maybe Quebec, are you, where you're going to really find standard churches. I mean, they don't exist at all anymore. They're, it's an extinct denomination, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I grew up in. So, What are the origins of that church? Yeah, so there was a guy named um, R.C. Horner that started it. He was R.C. Uh, Horner. Yeah, he was like a holiness guy. Like you don't like you can go with your whole life without sin, and one of those sins is drinking coffee, and another one is wearing neckties. So like a very very strict kind of. He's almost a Mormon. Yeah, basically, and yeah, I mean, kind of out of that same era, right? So. Yeah, just trying to live that perfect life, and and that's how he started the church, and it just became like your your everyday like evangelical church uh, by the time I was in it. But that's kind of where its origins were from. Was he a charismatic kind of a guy, or just yeah, sort of a little a, bit, a prim yeah, and crude, you know, uptight conservative kind of guy? There was like it was like started with a lot of emphasis on healing and miracles and things like that, and then by the time I was there. Like, you'd pray over people, but that was basically the end of it. So it wasn't like a crazy, like, Pentecostal church or anything, but uh-huh. it kind of had some of those roots, too. Oh, wow. So. Well, did, did, they, did the church attract people who were dissatisfied from other churches, or was there something in particular that drew, you know, people, including your parents, you know, to this rather than the Baptist church down the street? Yeah, so my parents grew up uh, Christian reform, like, so, like... Um, Calvinist, strict Calvinist Dutch reform. So this church was a very like in the 80s when we started going, it's like a seeker sensitive church and that's like kind of a new thing. So for our small town, it was their version of a mega church. So there was over a thousand people that went there, which was crazy. And uh, so, yeah, very much cool, cool rock and roll music and all that stuff that other churches didn't in the in the small town didn't necessarily have so that was something that attracted a lot of people to it it's very apropos we were uh, in an earlier segment today we were talking about uh, one of the churches that uh, was using uh, mini golf to attract some uh, some some uh, some not viewers but some some members i guess and oh yeah we're all t- now the, what was it that we're doing, Christian? They, were oh, they have a slide. slide. Yeah, a they have a slide. 50 foot or 55 <laughs> foot tall slide. So, yeah. So I guess, I guess you grew up exactly like that, right? The church oh, desperately trying yeah. to hold on and trying to be relevant and cool. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Like, I mean, I still have really good relationships with a lot of people I grew up with at that church. And we we joke quite often about just the crazy stuff they would do. Even I did my internship there for, for being a youth pastor and we would give out like playstations and stuff at youth events to try to get like as many kids as possible there. We one, did all that gimmicky stuff. One person shooter game and it's Jesus trying to convert people. You just, yeah. you're, just, you're just shooting holy power into the heathens, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you heard though? Sorry to get off topic here, but have you heard of those like uh, Nintendo games with Noah's Ark and stuff? Did you no way. Play? No way! Go oh, please, yeah. please elaborate. <laughs> so back in the uh, b- back in the Nintendo days, be- a lot of people were trying to do rip off games, and yes. so Nintendo was very strict on like suing people and taking people yes. down. But this yes. one Christian group was doing it, and Nintendo was afraid to touch them uh, because they were like a Christian video game developer, and they didn't want to look like they were anti-Christian. So they were the ones that slipped by. 
And but it was basically like a small gaming company that decided that if they did this, if they started doing Bible themed games, even though that they weren't like trying to convert people, they just figured that was a good way to get past the censorship or get past being shut down. And that's basically what they did. So they had all Bible themed games. And yeah, my youth group had them. Oh wow! It's <laughs> it's it's funny because there's even a a, um, a reference in an old Simpson episode where it's exactly that kind of game the video game yes. he's playing, and he says, "Oh, you, you, you see, one one guy he shoots and he converts." He says, "No, you just grazed him. He's a Unitarian now." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. good <laughs> so, so what what caused the church to? just disappear as you said what you know with all the things they had going and you know like a mega church what was it that suddenly you know not everything was as perfect as it was the day before well that church still exists just oh. the denomination doesn't anymore oh. so that one's growing uh but meanwhile all the other ones in the denominations are shrinking so eventually the rest of them joined with the wesleyan denomination on the east coast mm -hmm. and uh and then this one kind of went independent so like the denomination doesn't exist but most of the congregations still do i mean this is my opinion but let's face it i mean they, they do the same thing when you have the all these christian movies coming out and yeah. people say you know how come these movies are not attracting a whole lot of people because you know what no matter no matter how many times you call it the greatest story ever told it sucks yeah, it's a stupid it really story. Does. They're all ridiculously stupid stories. And as soon as you put them on the screen, or as soon as you play them in a song, it just shows up. It just it oh, just yeah. shows how ridiculously stupid it is. Anyway, oh yeah, my uh, my sister used to put on those movies all the time for me because she know she knows I'm like into movies, and she would be like, "What about this one?" And I'd be like, "You know, this is a terrible movie." <laughs> <laughs> They're all terrible. Yeah, <laughs> no oh, matter yeah. how much you try. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so then you came out. Uh, tell me about your apostasy. What, what, what turned you to an atheist? There. Well, uh, that was a long process. Um, so, as a youth pastor for a couple years, and I, the whole time, like even in school, I started to question things, and I became very liberal mm -hmm. in my beliefs. Mm -hmm. And then I joined like a kind of more liberal uh, Lutheran church. Uh, but I still, it just kept chipping away. I don't know. And then eventually, like, one of the things I told myself was, if God is real, if God is uh, truly the truth, then anything, any research I do and any reading I do can't disprove him. Right. You can't disprove the truth. So I was like, I just gave myself permission uh, to actually look into things. And that's, you know. If I wanted to keep my faith, that would have been a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common and story. I'm oh, sorry. It's a common story. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, I remember one morning I woke up and the first thing I, out of my mouth was, oh, I'm an atheist now. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you feel different? <laughs> I, I, was, I was excited to actually finally admit to myself. Um, I called my brother immediately because he had, he had been an atheist for years, and I called him immediately. He's like, "Finally, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome!" Yeah. Did did you? You said you were a youth pastor, and you became an mm -hmm. atheist. I hate I I don't want to get too personal about this, but was there a period where you might have felt some guilt about you well, know saying, "My God, do I have to undo the damage I did as a youth pastor?" Yeah. Um. I I mean. The lucky thing is I was at a liberal church, so I really started thinking back about like back about what I taught yep. and what I taught the kids. And I was I'm happy that I 
didn't teach Hellfire, and I'm happy that I didn't teach that if you're that if you're gay, you have to change who you are, or any of that stuff. So like, I was just so thankful that I wasn't you know that type by the time I was shaping minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely things like I remember. I was involved with um, a pregnancy care center, and now I know the horrors of pregnancy care centers. And that, uh, you know, I referred kids to that for like sexual education and stuff. And that's I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Or that's one thing where I'm, I look into the kids now, and I'm glad that <laughs> that I didn't have that much influence because they're pretty good kids now. So, well, I, this this is this is very apropos because I've been wanting to do a show exactly on these pregnancy centers and what mm-hmm. the length they go to to try to get women to avoid having an abortion or anything like that. Well, maybe we'll have to bring you back to do a show exactly on that. But would you mm-hmm. be maybe maybe so briefly tell, tell us one or two anecdotes from your time there? Well, yeah, I wasn't like a volunteer or anything. I just used them as a resource. So Mm -hmm. I would just go and visit with some of the workers there to like get information to give my kids and stuff like that. And I think I, yeah, I just did a couple like tours of them and stuff and was friends with a few people that worked there. So I never did any of like the volunteering or anything like that, but still just that kind of brief little interaction I had. It was like the one thing that I, you know, kind of feel sick to my stomach when I think about it (laughs) as far as what I did. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty nasty. I mean, uh, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) let's not open that can of worms. So so eventually down the road, you decide to do your own podcast and you call it Belief It or Not. And I love the title, Mm -hmm. by the way. Uh, How how did you come up? I mean, was it just like uh, a a ripoff of Ripley's Believe It or Not, I guess? (laughs) I guess so. It's actually my co-host that came up with the name. So I came up with the concept and stuff. And I think I I had some other dumb name. And he's like, what about this? I'm like, yep, that is the perfect name. So... it's from his crazy brain. I don't know where he came up with that, but yeah. <laughs> so when did when did the show start? How long have you guys been on the air? Now? We've been on. We've been doing it a little bit over a year now. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, so we do it every two weeks. Um, I had a comedy podcast before that, and uh, and then my uh, co-host Damien has a way more popular comedy podcast uh, called Spooked, which is a great podcast everybody should check out. Uh, but so they're like an improv thing. So we had all the equipment anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I actually, I was having drinks with a friend of mine and she grew up in the gospel music kind of scene. Her parents are famous gospel singers and I won't say their names. And, um, and we just started talking about a lot of crazy stuff we experienced in churches and stuff. And I, pitch to her the next day this podcast but because her parents are well known she didn't want to do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so then i was like on a search for a co-host and my uh my roommate's like why don't we just do it together because my original plan was somebody else who grew up kind of in the church and had the same experiences and he pitched to me that he didn't grow up in the church at all he has no experience in the evangelical world or any sort of christian world at all so he was like why don't you teach me why don't we take each episode and you teach me about religion yeah. and stuff yeah, so that's kind of how it how it came about yeah okay be, be honest with us trevor and one night you were having a joint yeah. and you were smoking with, you know, with that girl and you basically said you know we should really do a podcast about all that yeah. shit <laughs> and she said you know that's a good idea that's a good idea <laughs> yeah. the next thing she said, you know why not oh kevin you think just because we started that way everybody <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> so, so believe it or not, you guys are you guys like an interview based show to bring me through it. What you guys essentially do? I mean, you you, you talked about giving a lesson, but there's, I'm sure there's more to that. Yeah, well, we're not really an interview show. Every once in a while, we'll do an interview. Um, I had. Uh, somebody from Alberta who's uh, trying to push for legislation against uh, conversion therapy. So I interviewed her uh, when we did an episode about conversion therapy because I didn't want it just to be my voice on something so horrifying. So I wanted to find somebody who's actively trying to fight it. Uh, So every once in a while I'll do an interview, but for the most part um, we'll just pick a topic um, about something to do with religion and I'll do a Google search and then I'll make some notes based on my Google search. So sometimes there are a lot of notes or sometimes I realize we should do a podcast today and I do a couple quick notes and hopefully I can make it work. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it's just and then we sit down and I talk about, you know, snake handling churches or or Jim Jones or something. And then we just talk for half an hour or so. With a dose of comedy, obviously. With a, with yeah. a heavy dose of comedy. Especially yeah. when you talk about snake handlers, I'm going to not put some comedy into that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one I kept going, and then this person died. Do you want to guess how they died? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, their son took over, and guess what? A couple weeks yeah. after, they died too. Guess how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when the church is named the, the, the Cobra Elite or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cobra Kai Church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So, so... so is is there for 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 your show believe it or not is there a specific goal that you guys are trying to reach are you just trying to be informative are you trying to just bring more humor into into the subject what what exactly are are you trying to do with the show mm-hmm. i i think i have i have a couple goals for myself like one of them is um to finally use that degree i have in bible college <laughs> Um, another one is just to educate myself on how crazy religion can be. But I think the main one is I want to show people that, um, they're not the only ones who have a crazy belief Mm -hmm. and they're not the only ones who grew up in some, like some sort of crazy religion. And it's, it's all nuts. Mm -hmm. Like even, um, on the snake handling one, someone commented, Oh, it's just, they're all crazy. You shouldn't just center at this. I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> and I just want to show people kind of that they're not alone and that um, we've all kind of been through our own crazy stories. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a very common theme in a lot of atheist shows. You're not alone. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. that. You're not alone. And mm-hmm. the, the community is much larger than it shows. We're just very good at hiding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is there is there any particular guest you guys would love to or subject you guys would like to uh, approach and down the down the road? I mean, what's your what's your uh, the, the real the thing you'd really like to tackle? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I want to do a deep dive into uh, Franklin Graham and Billy Graham and that whole oh, thing. Oh, dude! Now that is a subject. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. oh uh, man! That's I've been got, afraid of that one. That's got facets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You, this is a multi, multi facet, multi show show. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. You'll be. Th- I, yeah, I was really nervous to do the Mormon episode um, because there's so much there, and I finally just had to admit myself, admit to myself that I'm not going to get it to everything, and that I'm going to have to do more than one episode about it. And maybe that'll be another one too with the Franklin Graham one, where it's I don't know. That's a huge topic. So. That's, yeah, oh, that's man. a lot. And yeah. Mormonism is also a fascinating subject too. And mm-hmm. Although I don't know, we don't have a lot of Mormons here in the West. How about you guys? No, I well, 
I grew up in a small town in Ontario with like one Mormon church. And then for a year when I was a kid or a teenager, we lived in a small town in Alberta and there was Mormons everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like I was in a special sex ed class that was made for Mormons because Mormons were only allowed to learn certain things about sex. So the school had like public school had to accommodate them. So I, I ended up just because of, um, where my classes were and stuff I ended up having to take that one and so that's all that was a weird experience huh yeah I, more, more was always a fascination I, I, I was looking at this post on Facebook and I put it on the left of the valley page it was so funny because it's got the uh, um, the Spongebob Squarepants character and one of them <laughs> says I'm a Mormon and the other yeah. one says what does that mean and then the third one goes it means he's scared of fancy coffee <laughs> yes, and he says that. no he doesn't and then the, 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 the other one goes Grand Caramel Macchiato <laughs> <laughs> he says stop and you scared him <laughs> oh man how could you not laugh at this yeah. uh, so so as a whole I mean this is interesting because mo- a lot of our interviews are uh, atheists and podcasters and authors and all that and they're usually in, in mm-hmm. the United States now you're in Toronto you're Canadian yeah. What are your views as to the the status of atheism in Canada as compared to the U.S.? I mean, uh, what do you see in your on your side of the uh, of the country? Yeah, it's weird. Um, even like living in Toronto versus living in Calgary, I find it's very different. And in, in or even talking to people at a small town about it, because at work I can freely talk about being an atheist, and nobody's like nobody wants to argue with me or anything like that. But other places it's not so much so i don't know if it's countrywide or regionally but like in alberta do you have does the taxes go towards catholic the catholic school system uh yeah we actually we actually interviewed uh, luke Feverin about that and i think he'd make a great guest for you for your show one of these days mm-hmm. because he fights for the the school system in alberta uh and uh, in alberta by law what he explained to me briefly uh he says essentially what happened is when alberta was essentially formed um they had to sort of appease the, the the Catholics. So they said, you know, for every school that we're going to build that's going to be evangelical, we'll build a Catholic tr- uh, school as well. And they're uh-huh. kind of stuck with that. Yeah. And to, to this day, 100% of the school funding for those private schools is done by the government. Here in BC, it's 50%. I'm not sure okay. what it is in Ontario. Yeah, it's pretty high. I, I Like, I, it might even be 100%. I'm not sure. Well, but, which is but I'm pretty sure. It, yeah, it's insane. So, like, we're definitely not a secular government. No. So I think that's a huge, huge thing that we need to change. Um, so I think there are huge issues in Canada. I think it's not, like, in the States necessarily where everybody's fighting for a theocracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always say, you know, the Americans are like two steps away from becoming a theocracy for sure. Yeah. They're really, really close. I, yeah. I Even here in BC, what I've been trying to do, I've been trying to uh, talk to some of the Green Party members to try, because uh, I don't know if you were aware, but there is uh, uh, some places in Montreal where they actually started to tax the churches. Okay. They don't tax the church itself or anything that is used for community and charity, but the uh, the rest of the property, you know, where the priest oh, resides yeah. and all that, they started, you know, why why the hell aren't you paying taxes for that, right? Yeah. And I thought, well, these governments are always looking for funding. Why not do such a thing? Yeah, And exactly. I, I tried to approach some of the Green Party members with that because hopefully they're a bit more open-minded, but so far, 
nothing. I haven't I haven't been able to to get anything. Even when I told him, you know, that we really need to stop funding uh, private religious schools, uh, Adam Olson basically replied to me, he says, well, I don't know, I don't see why you do that. Everybody has, has a right to an education. He's he's missing the point. He's yeah, missing exactly. the point altogether. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so it'd be interesting to see uh, what kind of response you guys have in, in the eastern part of the country there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like... I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's an interesting thing to to to, to see. Uh, mm-hmm. as, like you said, we, we we do this on a regular basis. The Americans have a completely secular uh, constitution, yet their country is closer to being a theocracy. We, on the other hand, have an appeal to a God in our constitution, yet yeah. uh, since 1987, the Supreme Court has ruled that we should rule as a secular country. So it's 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 interesting to see if we could take that to the provincial and local level and make it happen as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, like even the tax of churches thing, I, I posted something on Facebook of, I think it was a picture of like, just, yeah, a giant me- mega church like Joel Osteen or something like that yeah. next to a picture of a starving kid. And it's like, if this exists and this exists, then I think it's time to tax the churches. Yeah. And of course, I'm still friends on Facebook with pastors and stuff because of my pastoring days. And all of a sudden, I get all these angry comments about, oh, I'm not wealthy like that or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but... Everybody pays taxes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, since, since you're Canadian, you're a fellow Canadian, um, we have had a hard time asking some of our American friends, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the whole, uh, was it C-21 bill that passed in Quebec that made it mandatory for public employees to uh, of, the, of the state to uh, remove all uh, religious uh, accoutrements of any kind? Well, how do you mm-hmm. feel? Have you have you followed that story? I haven't really been following that story, actually, to be honest. Any, any uh, initial thoughts on it? Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I, I always think if it's not hurting anybody, then they should just be able to wear what they want. If it's part of the religious thing, I've I've always been one of those people who are like. I don't want to fight for them to remove their headgear and stuff. I think there's bigger things to fight for. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But if it's a matter of safety or if it's a matter of, like, public safety or anything like that, then, yeah, I'm I'm 100% for public safety takes, takes priority. But I also, I don't know, I think uh, it can... Sometimes those kind of laws can slip into xenophobia, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. Well, uh, personally, yeah. I, have, I have no doubt that the way it started in Quebec was probably xenophobic. Yeah. But I, I applaud the move nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, I, I always thought, you know, what, what if, for example, you're, uh, um, let's say you're Muslim, you're a Muslim person, and you work in, I don't know, you, you work in your, 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 your burqa or whatever, your, your, yeah. your job, and you walk into, let's say, a welfare office, mm-hmm. and you see that the clerk that represents the government is serving you has got this huge... Star of David, are you going to feel that you're not, you know, is there going to be friction between the... Uh, That's true, yeah. You know, so I, I feel that if you remove that 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 symbolism, then, you know, I think the, yeah. the, the, the customer, for lack of a better term, would feel... It kind answer. of takes away no, that right. initial judgment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah, like, no, it's oh, true. you're them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, especially if it's something where... It's not like you're required by your religion to wear this thing. It's just you're trying to, to almost proselytize... 
um, at your workplace. Yeah, then yeah. I think I think that's a very good idea. I, yeah. I, th- I think the law is the, the design. This is why I, I kind of applaud the law, even though he, he, there's been a lot of pushback against it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I kind of applaud that. I think in the, in the future, we'll, we'll actually be vindicated about that because, uh, you know, it doesn't stop the person from, you know, once you're off work, you've punched out. By all means, put your hijab back on. You know, exactly. Or, or put your yakama back on. By all means, you go for it, you know. And I, I think that's, that's perfectly fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, Kevin and I don't always agree on this. We overlap. And I got to be careful ways. because you might actually kill me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, no, I don't know how to work the equipment. You're safe. He's got, <laughs> he's got longevity in this job. I tell you. <laughs> anyway, he's you're secure. I I kind of feel well, I have a lot of a lot of areas where I am in a gray area with it. But I'm mm-hmm. thinking if I walk in with a hijab. And Kevin is sitting there with the Star of David. And initially I go, oh, is he going to be someone who's sympathetic or am I going to have a problem? And Kevin turns out to do his job beautifully. He's working in public, whatever it is that I'm going for, whether it's, you know, renewal of my driver's license or to get a permit for building. And I see him first as a Star of David with a person attached. And I come away from that encounter thinking, you know, he's more like me than I thought. And he becomes a person who is wearing a Star of David, and I may have a more positive view of him. Even though we never talk about religion, we never talk about anything except what I'm there for, but I see him as an honest individual trying to do a good customer service job. And I feel intelligent enough to be able to say, okay, he's Jewish, so what? I want my permit and move on because we're a diverse country. But there are so many aspects of it that I think you could be on almost any side and make a fairly good point regardless Mm -hmm. of where you go, as long as it's an honest intellectual side. There's some chances for a positive encounter, yes. There's a lot of chances for a negative encounter as well. But if you remove the symbolism, your encounter is going to be negative or positive either way, but there won't be any judgment as to why, right? If I if I if I'm Muslim, for example, and I go to you and you're you're Jewish by birth, and I realize that you're Jewish, and you deny me the permit, not because I'm Muslim, but because genuinely, I don't know, I didn't do the legwork, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I could walk home and say, well, yeah, I did the legwork, but this Jew didn't want to give me the permit. Guess why? Well, because she's Jew, obviously. Right. Well, so if you remove that, then if you and, and you don't have that symbolism with you and you deny me the permit, then I don't have the excuse to blame you as a Jew because I don't know that you're a Jew. Right. I'm saying, well, I, I, I didn't get the permit. Well, well, maybe I didn't do something right. But on the other hand, like if you have something like a hijab and um, and you that's so tied into your culture and that's so tied into like maybe somebody in your family is going to be very angry at you if you take that off because you go into work and that's going to ruin a family relationship and you have that fear in you you're gonna you're more likely to turn down a job that won't allow it so all of a sudden it does that become an issue of you're discriminating now because of their religion um like i i worked with somebody who took off their job when they started a new job and then you know like anybody had a b- couple bad days but because it's um there's almost like a superstition around that she thought it was because she took off her hijab and from then on she was afraid to do it yeah. if she wasn't allowed to wear that now at that job she's she would rather 
quit that job than have God angry at her, right? So then all of a sudden, is does it become a discrimination thing of you're now not allowing someone to work there because of the religion they have? Well, the religion they, you know. I, I, I think that the choice is made by the person who is... Uh, uh, employed right we we have the same situation how many times have we had the discussion about you know you're in, you're in a, uh, a a grocery store and you're uh, you know the, the the muslim cashier won't won't bag your pork because it's against his or her faith but you know with the first the first thing most people say well don't work there you know mm-hmm. if this is the, if your religion is that much of a detriment to your job don't work there and you can go find a job somewhere else. And, you know, I hate to sound a bit conservative in that sense, because God knows I'm far from conservative, but they have a point there. They have a point. Yeah. At, at some point, we got to stop being so accommodating over something as stupid as a Bronze Age faith and say, you know what? This is the 21st century. This is what you deal with. If you can't mm-hmm. deal with it, well, maybe you should really reevaluate your position that you're trying to get here. Mm-hmm. At some point, you got to put some personal responsibility on the shoulders of the person, uh, and not try to overly accompany them. But anyway, with the, we're getting into it's a cat of words. Yeah, it's a big. Yeah, topic. it's an interesting topic, Trevor. If you yes, guys ever do it, make sure you let us know <laughs> so we can we can sure. we can listen in or. Let's do a panel together we, and do we it. We totally could. We totally yeah. could. I'd love, love, yeah. love to have Trevor and, and, and his co-host, and we could totally bring a couple more, like we did with Right to Reason and, and mm-hmm. Unapologetics, and we could totally get into the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We might have to do a whole Canadian thing, because it's usually Americans have completely yeah. not seen that happen. <laughs> yeah. Canadian-only podcast? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Actually, the guys, we can get the guys from Brainstorm, and we can get uh, yeah. Randy Tyson. That'd be, yeah. yeah, that'd be great. That'd be all Canadian pile. Yeah, I, it really, it's a great topic because you can have reasonable and non-reasonable arguments on either side. So mm-hmm. just depending on where you go, it, uh, which side you take. She totally looked at me when she said non-reasonable. I always by look the way. at you. She totally did. <laughs> 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 but let's get back to Trevor and his show. <laughs> so, 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 Trevor, uh, you've you've been doing this for one year now. Congratulations! The first year is Thank probably the, the 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 hardest. So, uh, in in a way, you're you know a little sister podcast for for us from now on. Uh, <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, and uh, is I've always asked you where you want to go with the podcast. Uh, so the, the 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 question I guess I, I I need to ask is if if you can have a particular guest any guest that you can have magic wand here moment and you know zap whichever guest you'd like to interview who would it be? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, oh, I've never you know what I've never even thought of that. Uh, oh, for sure you say the okay. left of the valley. Reach them? No, yeah, no idea, no idea. <laughs> so unreachable. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm like. You know who I'd love to sit down, and this is probably not at all what you were expecting, but do you know the comedian Pete Holmes? No, I'm, familiar, I'm not familiar with him. Okay, I would love to sit down and interview him, because he, him and I, I feel like we have very similar path. Okay. <laughs> Where he was a youth pastor, and now he has an HBO show, so that's different. But, uh, but he, you know, he was a youth pastor and then went into comedy, which is kind of the path I went, but he became successful. So I would love to sit down and just talk to him about his journey, and I also would love to meet him. So uh, that's, maybe that's my dream guess. Go for it. Go for it. I mean, I'm, I'm actually going to look him up and try to get him, too. So okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, tell you what, Trevor, if I do manage to get him to come on our show, I will... Yeah. Invite you to be on the show as well. I'd love that. That would be amazing. Sounds very perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, anything else we need to know about? Believe it or not. Anything else we should really know about the show? 
Um, it's a lot of fun, and we are not experts. That's one thing I, I <laughs> want to say all the time. I'm not a history buff. I'm not. I'm not educated in history. I Google it. Uh, we we don't know what we're talking about. We just rely on the internet. So Fair that's guess. the one thing I I try to express every episode, and it doesn't stop people from being angry and correcting me online. Uh, but that's that's what I want people to know is that we're just we're finding it out as uh, along with you. <laughs> well, you know what, well, Trevor, I'll tell you something about about we've been doing the show for uh, a bit over five years, and we are experts at being non-experts at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we fake it till you make it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and boy, do we ever fake it. We have we have perfected it to an art form. Oh, we're, we're so good at faking it. There's almost like porn with our name now. We left it valley porn <laughs> because we're so good at faking it. <laughs> Wait, that's fake? Porn's fake? (laughs) Trevor, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. If people want to find out more about Believe It or Not, where can they find you? You can find me on uh, anywhere you get your podcast or believeitornot.wordpress.com. Fantastic. Trevor, before I let you go, i got to have you say, Hi, this is Trevor Pullman of Believe It or Not and Believe It or Not, and I took a left of the valley. Hey, I'm Trevor Pullman of Believe It or Not, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Trevor Pullman of Believe It or Not, another Canadian friend. Yeah, he sounded so young. I kept listening he to does. what he's already done, been a pastor and all that, and I'm thinking, he sounds like he's like 20 years old. <laughs> we didn't ask him how old young, he was. No, he got a young, cheerful, good looking friendly guy voice. Yeah, yeah good looking guy, too. A yeah. lot of energy behind really? his voice. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, he seems to be doing a lot of good yeah. work. So yeah, that's great. exactly. And you know what? I also love the fact that, like a lot of podcasts, uh, he's using humor to bring the message. Because, you know, as the I've, uh, I've said many times before the, on, on the show, as the uh, great Christopher Hitchens once said, humor is the beginning of emancipation. And it probably is probably the single biggest weapon that we do have mm-hmm. uh, in, in this fight. Uh, because, let's face it, I mean, not everybody is uh, swayed by facts. I mean, we are, but uh, a lot of people are not. And you know, if if you can't use facts, use humor. Make it look, make, give religion the look of how ridiculous it actually is. Well, I think when people are laughing and they're mm-hmm. having a good time, their barriers go down and and they're more open. Because and if something's funny and you're laughing together, you feel a camaraderie that's there. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, laughter is something that is, uh, it's not provoked, right? I mean, it's, no. it's, it's, it's a reflex, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so when somebody laughs, it's, it's genuine. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I, I remember um, talking to my, uh, my fearful Catholic mother, <laughs> she, she feels guilty about everything, and I remember telling her something to the expe- the, uh, the the uh, the the uh, the thought of uh, well, you, you want me to believe in in, in uh, a Jewish carpenter god who <laughs> who's actually one in three person who basically impregnated ins- uh, a woman with himself to be born so he could forgive us from sin because a dirt man and a rib woman took dietary advice from a talking snake in a magical garden. <laughs> And and this is this is this is what the whole religion is in a nutshell. And she looks at me. She says, "Well, when you put it that way, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you put it that when way, you put it that way. Yeah. But that's ex- I just described in in a sentence what your religion is, and this is how ridiculous it actually is." You know, but you you think it as holy and you know glory and blah blah blah. No, no, no. When you bring it down to how ridiculous your faith really is. 
that's it you know I just in a nutshell that's what your faith is and people respond to that they usually do oh although she hasn't but you know (laughs) (laughs) you can't win them all give it a shot guys we'll see what happens all right. Well, thank you very much for being with us on the show. And thank you, Trevor Pullman, for being with us. And thank you for listening. You can find us at leftandvalue.com. You can find us on Twitter at LETV Podcast, on Facebook. You can send us an email at leftadvalley@outlook.com. You can send your complaints to Nancy on the third floor, but beware of the incoming knife. All right. Uh, give us a five-star review where you find us. It helps us and helps others find the show. And you can become a patron like our friend Freethinker215 and have a grand set of gentles like he does. <laughs> you can go to <laughs> Patreon slash LETV. <laughs> Offer might not be valid for that. <laughs> okay, coming up. Let's see, where's my schedule? Oh, my God. I'm so behind on everything. And if you become a Patreon, Kevin might buy some better jokes. Yeah, this hey. is... <laughs> hey. You know what? If you don't like my jokes, how about you write the intro every week? Let's see what you do. No, I love your jokes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, next week we'll be talking... I like with... that idea. <laughs> you know what? You're welcome to take over the show for a week if you want. You think you guys can do better. By all means, I can use a break. We'll be talking to the people from Secular Soup. And we'll also be talking in September to Evidence-Based Eating with Del Unneth. We'll be talking to uh, Mary Hyman about the vanishing of the bees and everyone's agnostic with Marie. And we also got an interview with the Free Thought Prophet with James McGaffick. In October, we'll be talking to a skeptic's guide to conspiracy with Mike Bowler. We'll be talking to Ask an Atheist with Sam Momi. And we'll be talking to the guy from the Godless Revolution with Dan Ellis. And of course, we also have our Halloween special. That's what we got. I also got uh, the uh, one of the journalists uh, from uh, the uh, Fair F A I R, uh, which is actually a bit of a a, a journalistic watchdog, and he's going to be talking about how journalists are basically uh, a bit too biased. Is that a U.S. journalist? Yes, it's a U.S. journalist. So oh boy, it's going to be interesting to talk about that too. Okay, anything else wow. we need to talk about? I think we covered everything we could possibly fake in one and a half hours. However, I, I think we're, I think I we're think doing we're vacation now. All right. I'm Perfect. just going to say, Kevin, be careful what you wish for when you say you could use a break. Oh, that sounds ominous. You weren't thinking of his arm, were you? Oh, goodness, no. Okay. Oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Until next time. It just goes circular, yes. and it's really fun to talk to somebody who's that agile intellectually. And he's more, and, of, more and, of a pro than we are already. Yeah, and, and you were out to have a good time, and you just radiated such good nature through all of the conversation. It was a joy to have you. Oh, Thanks thank so, you so much, much for joining us. Yeah. Well, he's so flexible because just like the cats, Trevor actually has more bones in his body than yeah, the rest of us. That's, that's a scientific fact. Yeah. No, it's re- it's re- really fun. Love to have you back anytime. The only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a second. Don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful that many atheists are told to be quiet. You're not alone. Speak your mind. Time to let it be known. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it, I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.